everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, The Midnight Club. Today we are covering the sixth episode titled, Witch. Not bitch, witch. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can relate. Oh, wait, did you say bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I-, I don't know about you, but I liked this episode this week. I really liked it. I I remember after the first time I watched it, I had to actually go back and look and be like, that was a really short one, wasn't it? And then I looked back and was like, no, it's just as long as the other ones have been. It just seemed to fly by. I was very engrossed in everything going on. So it just really, really ran by. I was like, oh, well, it was great. So yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. It's, I don't have a lot of notes. I'm going to go ahead and say like, I don't either. I feel like I don't really have as many notes as I do most weeks. Like, because it was very streamlined. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a great episode, but it was also not a lot to it. And as, as, from a podcasting perspective, yeah, <laughs> not, you know, as a viewer, I was like, oh, there's a lot going on, and there's definitely a lot that I'm enjoying. But as far as like for us talking about it, I'm like, yeah, it was a pretty quick one. <laughs> it kind of yeah, I agree. I thought I thought the same. I I looked at the runtime because it. It it was I thought so good and and I felt so engaged with the story and I was really invested that uh, it felt like it was a short one but it it wasn't um, I think there was just a lot of great stuff and content mm-hmm. in in the uh, story this week I really I enjoyed it I finished watching my second watch just prior to us jumping on here and I was had just blown my nose and and kind of <laughs> gotten myself pulled together because it there was a lot of emotion too this yes. this really pulled a lot of emotion in in this episode and uh in in of course the traditional mike flanagan style you know that he loves to you know um kind of do that with um well maybe not him directly it just kind of turns out that way i guess but you know you always know that there's going to be some emotions somewhere in the series so mm-hmm. and this this was definitely one of them so um yeah so i i can't say that i probably have a whole lot of co- cohesive notes either i feel like we're just gonna talk about our you know what notes or points that we do have and just have a conversation about it yeah. i'm not you know i don't worry too much about the format i just want to enjoy talking about it <laughs> so uh-huh. no formalities here we're chill All right <laughs> we're, we're we're chill. We're we're more we're 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 doing this, and we were just chatting just for the listeners. Um, Pake and I before we hit record, we're just talking about because we're both traveling this week. Mm-hmm. We're all meeting up, a big group of us, um, and some of you that are listening might be there. So if you are, that's awesome. Um, but you know, we're we're traveling to San Francisco for the big The Walking Dead finale. We're all having a big meetup oh, yeah. and group watch party um so we were just chatting about that so so that's probably where <laughs> so much of our focus is right now we're gonna have to buckle <laughs> right. down and really focus on this podcast <laughs> tonight um so we're not worried about formalities right so yeah well this was a great episode um let's let's go ahead and jump into it what do you want to talk about first tonight all right well uh my first point a quick one but i kind of like let's start where it started yes um 
Dusty part two just kind of sprung on us as a surprise. Uh, yeah, like just started right in the middle <laughs> of it, like his story. Right. Yeah, that was uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, so we are. We're starting off right here in the middle of part two of Kevin's story he's telling. Uh, we learned some new stuff, whether he's just kind of changed some things or decided to add some stuff. Uh, retcon things a little bit, but now, <laughs> you know, the mother that doesn't speak. Now, uh, this this mother is telling him what girls he's supposed to kill next, and he has to obey. It's some part of, you know, ritual thing he has to follow. Um but it's all starting to get to him. He's getting sloppy a little bit. You know, you mm-hmm. see, we, we see that, you know, whatever goes into his planning or something, something didn't quite go right because he kills this one girl and then gets caught by her little brother, which is uh, played by, portrayed by the actor who plays his little brother in oh, real life in the show. That's right. Yeah. I thought he looked familiar and I couldn't put <laughs> yeah. it together. Oh, I'm so glad uh, that you pointed that out. <laughs> yeah. And so he ends up killing him too, which, uh, Definitely breaks this like kind of stuff because we see like all of his victims and they're all like teenage girls. And then it's like, oh, now there's just this like one little boy that's in the mix of all of that, too. Um, and if you want to look, they're all innocent. Uh, so I'm not saying otherwise, but definitely not like part of the plan, whatever mm-hmm. it is that's telling him to do these things. This boy was not a part of it. So definitely different. Yes. Than what we've seen. Yeah, so that's we see that he's being told kind of what to do, and then of course later on, he's told he must kill Sheila next. Which I knew Sheila would be the next mm-hmm. name that was spoken to him. The second that like he mentioned that the the names were given, but then like when you see them talking at school, like it clicked in my head. I was like, well, I know exactly who he's gonna have to kill next. Like saw yeah. that one coming. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So of course it's a mini story little bit but you know how i am with these stories i'm always trying to find meanings and waiting for your there. breakdown yeah so <laughs> like- i don't have too much of one even <laughs> you know but but i feel like i'm it's more and more of a stretch every week where i'm like they're getting more and more vague i'm like ah, i don't know i don't know but i think you've done such a good job though i mean what you say i don't know if you're right or not but i mean what you say <laughs> makes perfect sense so. it sounds well thought out and intelligent so i think i'm good so. at faking it uh <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering if there's a meaning of him struggling to hold whatever secret or something, whatever, you know, the, we talked about with the last time with his story that it has to be like a metaphor for something that he's hiding or something that he doesn't want revealed about him. Um, and so maybe he's with, you know, Dusty getting sloppy and kind of falling apart. Maybe he's struggling on holding onto that. Uh, and he's getting worse at hiding it. Maybe things are slipping through the cracks a little bit. And I know in that episode, I talked about maybe his secret is his feelings for Ilanka. That could be something that, you know, at least a part of it. So maybe he's afraid of hurting somebody that he doesn't want to, that he's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that theory of having feelings for Ilanka, maybe, you know, he's scared of hurting her or even scared of her kind of hurting him. Maybe if he admitted that he had feelings for her, if he does, she might view him in a poor light because he has a girlfriend. Be like, who do you think you are? Like, I just saw you with your girlfriend. We had that whole awkward interaction. Remember that? Um, (laughs) Yep, that was weird. (laughs) And so maybe he's just got that fear of like, well, what is she going to think of me if I just like. I'm, I'm dating somebody right now, but then like if I'm confessing like feelings or something, so. Again, I'm just going off. Like, I'm assuming things, making these limits. Like, what what connections could there be? Because mm-hmm. I, I feel that 
chemistry a little bit. And so it's just a thought that I'm throwing out there. I'm like, well, maybe that's what he's still trying to hide, at least part of it. And he's afraid of letting that out is going to end up damaging their relationship or he's going to, she's going to view him as somebody who's, uh, you know, killing that relationship when he shouldn't be, or, you know, there's a lot of just fears that he could be having. Uh, and then I, the other side of that, the, the conspiracy theories, yay, you know, the people who are really digging into Kevin is evil. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, because we get, you know, the detective in the story, uh, Heather Langenkamp's detective there, you know, she's seeing this, like, as something that's been happening for a long time. That's repeating, and so, like, maybe its connection to the real world is... Maybe it adds a little something to the theory of Kevin being involved or at least knowledgeable to Paragon stuff to an extent more than he leads on to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, to where it's just like, oh, it's not just something that he's hiding, but it's something that like has been going on for a long time and he's continuing, he's carrying something on that already existed before him. Or There's a lot of, and again, I feel like it could just be a lot of red herrings to where like, there's all these weird little hints to be like, yes, Kevin's up to something, Kevin's up to something, but I don't, don't think it is. Could be, but I think there's a lot of misleading. But yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I'm seeing there could even be hints in his story to that, if that is what's going on, or if they want to lead you to go that direction, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. I don't know what they're trying to do. I I do feel, I, and I know we talked about it before, because there's been those little hints, and so you're like, no, it's got to be like a red herring. You know, they're just yeah. they're leading us to believe that Kevin is, you know, not quite who we think him to be, or maybe not quite as like upfront or, you know, friendly, or there is something more sinister about him because, you know, made the connection. Like, why does he keep getting linked to that like old lady ghost or whatever that thing is that keeps appearing to Alonka? Like, why is it always around like the same time that, that Kevin's around? So I'm like, you know, oh yeah, he could be, but then it's like, oh well, no, they're just trying to make us believe that he's a red herring, and it could go either way. It could be a twist, either way. I'm like holding on to this red herring idea so much. I know so many other yeah. people. Even like I was joking with Jason on like feedback last week about like, oh no, Kevin's up to something. But I don't know. Maybe I just maybe he 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 won me, or maybe he charmed me enough right off the top to where like I'm I've chosen my side, and I'm I'm in denial. I'm like, no, not my Kevin, <laughs> not my perfect angel. How dare you? So I don't know. <laughs> it's, hey, look, I've had. Pl- the, the same thoughts about so many of my favorite characters. I totally get it. No judgment at all. And I like Kevin. I certainly don't want him to be. I think it would be kind of interesting or fun if it, if they could, you know, whatever that right. would, like lead to be. But yeah, I totally, totally get that. I yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know really because it's like they keep keep pointing to to this, and I don't know. I'm so I don't know confused and like we you know when you're trying to figure out what it is in each person's story because every person that's told a story it's they're they're picking something from their real life you know there's elements of real life yeah in their stories what is it about kevin's then and i know you did a a great analysis there so that could be it and maybe i'm looking for something that's not there but it's like what what is it from his story then that is pulling from real life? So 
Yeah. And and I thought we got, and I'd have to go back and look because I feel like we got uh, Kevin's story um, earlier in a, in another episode. But didn't he allude to his mother? Like we knew she was like like she didn't speak anymore. She quit quit speaking. But yeah. he said something to her when she was on the couch, or something about being quiet, or I don't want to. He- some he alluded to something like she somehow Sorry, you know, yeah, it was being communicated from her. Yeah. yeah. So and then when we saw her, she's the one, you know, harmony, you know, which was freaky as hell. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. I think he alluded to in his uh, first version or his first part, part one of his story, that somehow this was coming from his mom or like he was telling her to like leave him alone or be quiet or something. Um, but yeah, that was freaky as hell when she all of a sudden, like he rolled over and appeared in his bed right there. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, about jumped out of my skin. That was a great, great scene. Great scare scene for me. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Kevin. I do like him, but I don't mm-hmm. know what they're alluding to with this story and how they keep coming back to that. I liked that you know, we are still in the middle of the story. We still did not get the flipping end. I know. You know, and he keeps saying, you know, if you want to hear the rest of it, then, you know, like you got to stay alive or whatever. I'm like, well, so do you, Kevin, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know you're telling everyone else they need to like not die if they want to hear the rest of the story. That goes for you, too. You can't like you need to wrap yeah. this up, my friend. Um, and I'm enjoying the story. Like I'm I want to see where his story goes. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think we could get, I mean, this, it's been pretty dark. And I thought Kevin's story personally was darker than I think any others that I've seen. I thought mm-hmm. um, Anya's, the two Dana story was, was pretty dark but and really good. But I think Kevin's story was pretty dark. Like, I was pretty shocked when we got that first part. Like, he just, like, covers up their face and hits them over the head with a, with a hammer and just disposes yeah. of them and stuff. I was like, whoa. Like, this is pretty dark from what we've seen so far in this show um you know being a, a like a, this young adult kind of uh show and audience um so i was quite surprised and then it got even darker when he he killed that little brother of that, that yeah. boy i was like oh my god he just straight up i mean you know he didn't want to and he wavered but he did and i was like oh my god <laughs> we we took a turn we took a serious yeah. turn um then yeah and then his mom in the bed with um her speaking the names i mean i'm out you know fuck you mom (laughs) um nope done but then i was really interested and i don't know if it has anything to do with like kevin what's going on like in the, the main part of the story but i'm curious about and maybe it's just because i'm so intrigued by the story that kevin is 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 telling when we find out from this police detective that this is like the same mo from a series of murders for like the for that's been going on for like forty years. Yeah, that's because I want to know more. I, I've got to yes get to the rest of this story. I mean, what? How? I guess I just have so many yeah, questions and, and with with the mom thing. And I, I tied this back. I just thought of this again. You know, with the, we we kind of established that in the last episode, the first part of this story. And even when we met his mom in the show, uh, you know, that she's all about legacy and she's all about, you know, well, you're supposed to be like this and the image that she kind of puts her family in on, on Kevin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I see that connection in his story of why his mother is that character in the story of this. Well, I don't care if it's what you want to do. It's what you're supposed to do. It's what you have to do. It's what I want you to do. And it's right. 
that makes what sense. I want to view you as. So, I mean, it's exaggerated and it's a very, you know, extreme depiction of that. But yeah, I think that is him kind of putting in his story of like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> my whole life. I've been going along with what my mom wants me to do, who I, who she wants me to be. And I don't really have a say in it. I can't really, you know, it's not worth arguing. Like he says with, you know, when the mother gives him the name in the story, it's like, it's just not even worth fighting back on it. Just, just do it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe that's it. But, um, I was, I was glad to get more of it and yeah. I really want to hear the rest of it. Uh, cause I'm intrigued. So. That was a, a great place to start out. Kevin's story, uh, or at least the continuation of, let's say, Dust, Dusty's story, was like my first um, like note as well. So, what's your next one? Mine uh, follows right in suit. I don't. I promise, all of mine aren't <laughs> like this. I'm not going okay. in chronological order, technically, but <laughs> for these first two, at least, yeah. Uh, because right after that, we get it's a double story. Uh, because <clears throat> Alanka is ready to tell hers. Um, and yeah, which is her story. Again, title of the episode. I liked it. The main one. Uh, she's going to give this double story. Everybody's kind of into it. We see Anya's pretty tired, not looking super hot. I know. But, uh, you know, and Alanka makes sure oh, if, if Anya's up for it, then we can do it. And man, it was kind of, you know, the the nice uplifting moment right before it got punched. but. We see that Anya is like, yeah, totally into it. She's warmed up to Alanka a lot. Like you see their friendship really has become real. There's something bloomed there. I mean, she's complimenting her. You're like, well, if it's your story, then obviously I have to stay up and listen. You know, like she's mm-hmm. just being unusually nice <laughs> for what we've seen of Anya. I uh, know. I like a lot. It she's just being very sweet. And, you know, she's kind of making, you know, fun jokes about things, but she's still gonna make her <laughs> bitch jokes, but it's it, you know it's Anya, but also like very nice to Alanka Anya. So that's what you know uh, puts Alanka into telling her story. So again, <laughs> I try to wrap it up pretty quick, but it, there's a lot that goes into a shorter thing. So um, <clears throat> there's a girl, Amani. She's a witch, as was her mother in a line before her, and she's teaching her a trick into seeing into the near future, known as scrying. You can change little things in the moment, but you can't defy fate. It'll always find a way to end up back where it wanted to go. Tells her not to scry at night. No real explanation, just that it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. After Amani's mother dies, giving her life force to a girl who dies in the ER, Amani goes to that same little pond there, not thinking about it, and ends up scrying at night, which she's told not to do, and sees the death of a boy that she knew she would have feelings for, whether she didn't know him at that point. Uh, and then later when she does meet him, uh, she realizes the things are aligning. She saves him in that instance, which ends up wounding another friend of hers. And in the end of the story, or at least where we get left with the story, fate still circles back around. That rubber band snaps back to the boy, Ben. And then the story gets cut off quite immediately right there with Anya collapsing in real life. And so, again, another unfinished story this week. I know. I need that to stop. 
<laughs> so we get two unfinished stories. Is there another meaning just within that of unfinished stories? Is that something that's supposed to mean something? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Pink, I don't think my brain can handle that. Don't start. Don't start going that way. That's too, yeah. too deep for me tonight. <laughs> yeah, so my like trying to pull meanings out of this story, most of what I have is, like I said, they're getting it's getting harder to do. So most of them are just, does this mean something? Was does this mean something? Is this a thing? Um, but yeah, I mean, we know that Alanka has been having weird visions. Like that's a legit, like like literal thing for her. Adding to the story again, maybe her feelings for Kevin. You know, maybe these these kind of feelings maybe reciprocated a little bit. Uh, hence his role in the story, why he plays the character that he does in her story. Uh, but there is like this air of mystery or danger to him. I think she's even seeing that. I'm sure she has picked up on the fact that the things that she's seeing are always kind of connected to him. I'm sure we're not the only ones noticing that. I'm sure she does too. Uh, does the fact that Anya's character was the one that inadvertently caught the gunshot in the story mean anything? Uh, <laughs> Ugh. Is she feeling that you know some worry about Anya due to the choices she's made? Uh, maybe she's viewing that she does have some kind of ability or purpose, but she's worried that following it too far might cause danger to others without it meaning to. Uh, it's a really hard one to read because you think that, but then the further we go into this episode, she's diving headfirst into things that is putting other people into play also. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, is she trying to set herself up with a warning, but then doesn't even listen to her own self? Uh, you know, she says at the start of the story, it's about a girl who wants to save someone. But who is she trying to save? Because this is before Anya had collapsed. So she tried to save herself. Is she more focused on herself? Or, you know, what, what, is, what is the saving that her character is in? Just a lot of questions. Uh, you know, Amani is a healer witch. Mm-hmm. Does Alanka see herself that way? You know, she's been very fully committed to the natural remedies that she's working with. Maybe now some supernatural remedies. Um, but, you know, she's been, is she viewing herself as a healer? She's starting to kind of, is there a lot of self-importance that might be pointing in dangerous directions? Uh, it's hard to read where Alanka's mind is on things. Uh, and even with this story, I'm, it's hard to tell, like, is she building herself up as like a savior figure or is she showing herself? She's even like telling herself if I play around with fate and I'm playing around with these things too much, it's going to snap back. Yeah. Is she not even listening to her own advice? So it's, it's interesting. And I don't have a lot of answers to this. Uh, we know in, re- you know, in, in her real life, I won't say in real life, but you know, it within the confines of the show, uh, you know, her, her, foster mother died seemingly to cancer or something similar as well. So that's kind of like a curse or thing that she shares with her mother in both story and there, that there's something that kind of ties them together with, with health and things like that. Um, yeah, it's a real tough one. She's playing with a lot of magic and healing, potentially dangerous stuff. Seems like she's aware of how risky it can be, but she's still, you know, when everything goes down with Anya, she's still immediately like, well, blood ritual. Clearly, that's what we have to do. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm always, always a little skittish about, <laughs> oh, we got to start, like, you know, with sacrifices, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that one's hard for me to like, well, let me see what I can pull meanings for. I'm like, 
that's more of like questions than meanings for me with trying to break that one down. Cause I'm like, how much self-awareness does she have? Cause like the story she tells seems to kind of not line up with the things that she's doing right now, or at least it does line up with what she's doing, but it almost seems like she's giving herself warnings and advice and then immediately not taking it. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, is one interesting aspect of her story is is what happens in the story when she tries to save um oh shoot i can't remember the his character but kevin in the story is it okay um and she at first does but then anya's character goes in and she's the one that gets shot so what does that mean for you know her character in like real life or will something still happen you know to Kevin's character, the one that she had saved initially, um, I feel like there's a lesson there for Alonka, and she's not hearing it, or is mm-hmm. she, I don't know, is she maybe aware of it, but she still feels like it's worth the risk? Because I felt, and this, again, was my point, so I'm just going to add to what um, what you're saying. You know, I think that her story mirrored what Dr. Stanton was telling them about when they were in group therapy and you know she they're talking you know she's kind of giving them those updates about Anya's condition and what was wrong with her like why did she collapse and what's wrong with her and you know everyone's kind of going around the circle and you know they're like well I hope that you know it's easy and I hope it's gentle and all these things and then you know Alonki gets really angry and she's like uh hell no you know fight this to to the end and this is what you know we should be doing for Anya um and you know Dr. Stanton kind of tells her and warns her a little bit about not accepting or like trying to cheat death you know Mm -hmm. and I mean death comes for us all you know and it's this what she was trying to tell Anya and then like in uh Anya's story that she sorry Alonka I, I was saying Anya Alonka's story, you know, about trying to save people, but her mom was trying to tell her, well, whatever you do, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It was pulling some very Final Destination vibes here, you yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> I had that same thought. Yeah. Um, and it's been a hot minute since I've seen Final Destination. I mean, it was such a great movie back in the day, so original, uh, but it has been um, many, many years ago since I watched it, and I didn't watch a lot of the... I think I watched the second one, but I don't know if I watched any others after that. The second one's my favorite. But yeah, it was so good. Um, <laughs> oh, was that the one with the tanning bed? Oh, man. The tanning bed. That, God, that freaked the shit out of me. Maybe, oh, I'd have God. to think. I know the initial disaster of the second one is the, the highway pile up with the long oh, truck and everything. Yeah, that's... that's- but- <laughs> See, all of us that lived through that movie, that is a lesson uh, learned. Yeah. You never just forewarn mm. just go watch the movie if you don't know what we're talking about and then right. just never do what they do jesus right. um but anyway i digress but it was yeah giving me some final destination vibes for sure because it's like oh well it's like no matter what you do to try to avoid or cheat it's going to come for you like it's gonna happen yeah. um eventually so um so i don't it's like she might have saved one friend, but at what cost? In 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 her story, she saved, you know, Ben, but lost her other friend. That you know, she's the one that got shot. Mm-hmm. What is going to maybe come 
of this ritual will could Anya survive, but maybe at the risk of losing another? Is that maybe what's going to happen? Or will what's going to happen only be temporary? I don't know. I, I don't know that they were exactly trying to heal Anya of her cancer, or if they were just trying to heal her from her illness with her sepsis, because that's what was getting right. ready to, you know, that was just, that's what was making her worse. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that, I don't know if that's what was being mirrored in the story by, like, oh, I saved this person, but instead this person got hurt or whatever. Is that maybe what's going to happen? If they save Anya, will one of the others get hurt? Right. Inadvertently, because someone, something was going to happen to someone, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. Questions yeah, that for was, me too. That was just a lot of questions where I'm like, what is, it's hard to read Alanka right now Mm -hmm. like where she is what did you think of her attitude i mean i i I feel like i'm kind of go i go both ways with her attitude where she's willing to go as far as where she did uh trying to help anya what did you think about that with her attitude during that group therapy session um well i could answer that are you are you kind of done with yeah this is just like a, a point i'm kind of piggybacking since we were talking about yeah. a and all of this so yeah absolutely go ahead because i th- why i asked that is because i actually have that as like another one of my points oh, okay so I answer that with like, yeah a uh, point is yeah <laughs> fighting gravity as as a point um yeah so how how i feel about it i get it but it's also kind of strange so i'll, I'll set you know <laughs> this mm-hmm. stage on that um yeah, so again, we get, you know, find out the sepsis uh, is what's going on with Anya, which, I mean, that shit's serious. I've seen it myself. It is horrible. Yeah. Um, and, and the rest of the kids are taking it pretty hard. Uh, you know, when Sandra's saying stuff like, screw God's plan, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's pretty rough right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, all the rest of the kids and Stanton and everybody there in this group therapy are speaking as if Anya's already dead, basically. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. She was the first, you know, Spencer Singer. She was the first person I met here in Brightcliff, and she was this. It was very much like almost like eulogizing her already, uh, you know, and just hoping, yeah, hopes she just passes painlessly. Like this, we're all just accepting this is the end of Anya, and yeah, Alanka kind of seems offended by that. She feels like no, we we need to fight for ourselves and for each other, and I understand that feeling. I get it, but also I was like kind of like speaking to the screen i'm like alanka you know where you are right you do know where you are uh, right the first time you met stanton her words were literally this is a place where we give you permission to leave the battlefield right um mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a place where the tooth and nail fight's not necessary it's a place of we've done what we can so let's make the rest of the time the best that we can with what we have uh stanton even says here in this episode people can become so obsessed with beating death that they ruin their lives um, so yeah, it was, I, I did find it really weird that Alanka's offended at Stanton and her viewpoint in this episode, at least the way it seems. Cause I'm like, that's what this place is. You signed up for that when you got here and you know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so now that you're just like, so like offended, like, how dare you give up on people? It's like, no, we established that the first day you walked in here that we're not giving up. We're letting go. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So why would you just assume now that because it's real for you now, because somebody that you've grown attached to is dying in a hospice where they came to die. Now it's real. And I get it. I mean, 
that's hard. That's scary. And so you're going to have that like fight or flight reflex where now she's, she wants to fight. She wants to push back against it. So I get it and I don't hold it against her, but also she seems to be fighting pretty hard for like, she's not taking that time to think of, but that's where you are. That's why you were here. That's why everybody is here. <laughs> yeah. I I agree with you. I, I, and I struggled because I kind of see both sides, but I, I feel like Alanka, I, I don't, I don't believe that she doesn't care about Anya and I don't I don't not believe that she is fighting for Anya but I also think she's fighting for herself because we mm-hmm. do know what did draw her there initially was the story of Julia Jane and how she right. cured herself and we know that she had been trying you know other methods and natural remedies and just all of these different things to uh you know alternative things to try to heal herself and get better and and whatever it was that you know julia jane discovered whatever happened with her what happened with that story so i i feel like while yes she is thinking of anya i do truly believe that she loves anya and she doesn't want to lose her and wants to fight for her but i also think that she's tying a lot of that up in herself because she right. thinks if she can get this, and I'm making assumptions here. I don't know this, obviously. But I'm, I'm yeah. thinking she's thinking if this works for Anya, it's going to work for me. And it's going to work right. for everyone here. So I think it's mm-hmm. a little self-serving. Because when she, after that conversation, what does she do? She doesn't go, you're like, you're not visiting Anya. I know she did go visit her. But I mean, when she goes out into the woods, like, you're going out into the woods. You're, you're, you're close friend you know could be could be drawing her last breath and you're out running around in the woods you know um so i kind of see both sides because i do i mean i my family and friends you know that i have in my life the ones i've chosen to keep in my life (laughs) (laughs) because i've gotten rid of some people in my life so um for for choices um and and things but the people that i have in my life are near and dear to me so i totally get that you know, I, I would fight for all of my friends. I'll be your ride or die. You know, those, you know, that's including you too, Pake. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'll, you know, I would do anything for my friends and family that I care the closest about. So I totally get her attitude, you know, about yeah. like, I don't want to just like give up if there's something that I could do, something I could do to intervene to make her better and to maybe give her a little bit more time. Maybe it won't heal her completely and heal her cancer or that she would live forever but if there's something i can do to heal her from what she's going through right now to give us a little bit more time i don't know i can kind of see that but at the same time i'm i'm also like you know if she's if she's spending so much time searching for this answer um and this you know whatever this cure is or whatever that it is that could save um, Anya, that could be time that you could be spending with your friend in her last moments mm-hmm. and not getting that chance to like say goodbye. Like Dr. Stanton said, think of how you're going to feel after that if you don't, you know, if you miss that opportunity, you know? Right. So I, I really do struggle. I see both sides, um, you know, with that. So, yeah. Cause I get it. You said me, yeah, the people that I love the most that I'm closest with. Yeah. I feel like if they were fighting for their life at any point, which I've been there, I've seen it, you know, I've been mm-hmm. it to where I'm like, I've been in those modes where I'm like, 
there's literally nothing I can do. But like, if you gave me some insane thing that I had to do right now to make sure that they were okay, I'd fucking do it in a heartbeat, you know, so I get it. Um, (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do get it. But yeah, I just think kind of her, she seemed very mad at Stanton. Yeah. And very offended. And it's like, I mean, but you know, Stanton's viewpoint from day one, Mm -hmm. you know exactly why she's doing what she's doing and she's not wrong either. You know? So it's, it's interesting. And I do, you know, when she does visit Anya, you know, while she's talking to her, you know, even, you know, calls her her sister. And I was like, Oh, the feels, all the feels right there. (laughs) But kind of within that love, so to speak, uh, you know, Anya does wake up, uh, you know, she's not doing well, but she can hear, she can speak. She's talking, you know, she's, She's there and, you know, again, Stanton's saying, well, we can appreciate this as a time that you can have meaningful final words mm-hmm. with her, you know, that it's actually really nice. This is a gift more than you know that she's able to to conversate with you. So take advantage of that. Be be there. But then again, it's that fighting gravity line, which is like, we're not fighting gravity. We're just finding a way to make the landing soft and peaceful. And then again, Alunka's like, pissed off about that she's like no she sees her waking up as no this is our, our chance to fight back this is this is a this is a move in a positive direction where now we have to take a hold of that and, and keep making things better well and do you think also because anya when she woke up said she's not ready like she doesn't that's yeah, yeah. definitely that because before she wakes up alanka does say you know if you're if you're ready to go if it's your time if that's what you want then i will try to make peace with that but then it is whenever she wakes up and says, I want to live. I think that definitely puts a fire under Alanka to give her, you know, that determination to, okay, then we're going to keep you alive no matter what, <laughs> because that's what you want. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. So, no, I totally get that too, for sure. Yeah, that's, I don't <laughs> know. I face with a, the same situation. I don't know what I would do. Just, you know. Right. It's someone that you love, and it and it's been so great to see that relationship grow between Alanka and Anya. You know, seeing yeah. where they started, and they were butting heads, and Anya was definitely not making it easy easy on her to you know get close to her <laughs> um, and form that friendship. But I think that's probably what made it all the more stronger, you know, between them. So it's been great to see that relationship and how how much Alanka cares for Anya, and vice versa. That they you know work like thinking of themselves as like sisters so it's 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 been beautiful to watch and see that especially this episode but gosh i don't know it's not a great great situation i wouldn't want to try i wouldn't want to think about being in in the same for sure yeah that would be tough but um so yeah i do i do get her side um but i i see both you know honestly so I don't know. I was curious what you thought about that. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess, yeah the, the, the short version of that answer is what I think about that is like, I don't know. I get it, but also like, seems to kind of be. I don't know. The more I think about it, it's like you're kind of going against what you knew this place was, but mm-hmm. also like you mentioned, Alanka kind of came here under different pretenses anyway. Yeah, she was searching after something different than than a peaceful way out of life anyway. Yeah, she. I feel like the conversations that she's had with Dr. Stanton, especially the first few when she was first there and, you know, 
especially when she was there with her um, foster dad and they're like, you know, this is what this place is about. You know, we're giving you permission to leave the battlefield, you know, that whole speech. Um, so we kind of, like you said, kind of set the, the precedent for, you know, how she structures, you know, that place, kind of making the most of the time that you have. You know, we, we still give you your medicine and, you know, we keep you comfortable and, you know, try to, you know, you know, make it as interesting and as, um, you know, the best that we can with the time that you have. Um, and then, you know, conversations about, uh, you know, like, what was it they called that packet, you know, all the, all of your last wishes, you know, how you want to mm-hmm. be buried and things like that. Uh, she, she always seemed to just kind of be phoning that in a little bit. I felt Alonka uh-huh. was like, she just kind of like, okay, you know, sure. Yep. You know, she still has this other agenda with where she's wanting to kind of figure out, you know, this story and what did Julia Jane do? What was, what was this mystery about? What, what, what secret did she unlock that, you know, she was able, because that's, I feel like that's where she's been on this entire journey. Like she's just so obsessed with it. And I hope that it's not in detriment to either Anya or any of the others present there. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of my fear is, you know, well maybe, and we don't know because it, cut off very suddenly <laughs> you know so i'm sure we're gonna be uh, w- when we start the next episode like just dropped right there where i hope anyway right where it left off but so we don't know what happens we just you know i don't want to jump ahead or anything but you know where it ends inadvert you know just so suddenly there we don't know what will happen to anya did it work um if it did is it only maybe temporary that Alonka is, or sorry, Anya, I keep saying their names and back and <laughs> forth, so I'm sorry. We don't know if if it will work on Anya, and if it does, is it only temporary? Because we saw that even if Alonka saves someone, maybe they're still, that's the path meant for them. And it's going to happen one way or another to Anya. Or do they save Anya and it could then revert to someone else in the group could someone else be harmed um as a result you know i don't know so i don't know yeah. i see i see both sides and um i don't know i like her passion though i like how fierce she yep. is and i do like i do admire her passion so whether it's right or wrong i'm not sure <laughs> um what's your next point um, the ritual itself, I think I uh, just yeah. talking about, you know, it takes up a big chunk of kind of the end of the episode, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's a lot to go into it. Uh, of course, Sandra's not into it. And that's actually a separate point that I can talk about later. Yeah. I have some specific thoughts about Sandra, uh, but, but the rest of the gang, it's not too hard to convince them to do it. Uh, to all of them, they're like, yeah, it's probably total bullshit, but wasting <laughs> a little time on dumb bullshit is worth it for Anya. She's worth that. So yeah. let's, sure, let's just do it. Uh, and then even Anya, whenever they kind of go in and wake her up and <laughs> jailbreak her, <laughs> they're going to take her down to the sub-basement. She's just calmly going along with everything. They're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and do this, and we're going to go that. And the look on her face the whole time, she's just like, yeah, fuck it. I have no idea what this is, but let's rock. Let's go. Like. Whatever we are doing, I'm down. Yeah. It's better than just laying in that bed and dying. So cool. Let's go. Let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so the 
ritual itself, they're all offering it reminded me of it, honestly. Uh the whole finding a token and and you know, the kind of <laughs> sacrificing, you know, ritual putting it. That's what it together. made me think of. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> But yeah, they have this like personal sacrifice that means something to them. They throw it in the fire, then offer up their own blood afterwards, place a thumbprint of blood on Anya's forehead after. The important part of it is that there must be, you know, amongst amongst this blood, there has to be blood of five women to be included as the five sisters, mm-hmm. which ends up being Alanka, Cherie, Natsuki, Sandra, surprisingly. Talk about that. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. Shasta is actually the fifth. She gave Alanka her blood to incorporate into that as well. And so just kind of running through the the sacrifices, I took a little note of what each of their sacrifices were. Uh, Alanka's was a bracelet from her foster parents. Kevin's was a medal that he got from track. Spence had uh, movie tickets that he had been collecting from when, him, when him and his mother went to movies a lot together. I know. Uh, also, he brought his own knife. I remember thinking about that when, like, when they were... Before the ritual even started, I was like, Spence is going last, right? <laughs> I'm just, just, I'm going to be like logistical about this and really think. He was like, if you're, you share, you know, you're cutting blood into hands, like, he has AIDS. We've established this, like, yeah. just for the safety of others. But then I noticed, I was like, oh, he has a completely he separate ha- knife that he used for him. Yeah, so for like, anyone okay, that cool. missed it, uh, Spence <laughs> used his own knife, like, he had a pocket knife um, that, he, mm-hmm. that he used um, alone there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one was interesting, uh, Cherie, which actually hit me the most emotionally, not necessarily her sacrifice, but what she says, I have the note, but she includes notes from a girl in school that she realizes she was in love with and had a crush on. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a little tidbit uh, of information we were not, um, yeah. provided before. And, but then it was her line after that that just kind of came out of nowhere, but totally broke me. Was when then she goes, this is all I know of love, and I give it to you, Anya. And I was like, oh, and I'm a mess. I'm melting. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> oh, Cherie. She's turning into uh, a very interesting character. You know, we didn't get I a know. lot of dialogue from her. It was kind of short. Mm. And you're thinking, oh, this girl's just full of shit. But, man, she's <laughs> really turned into, I think, a really fascinating character. Absolutely. And I felt the same. Uh, then Amesh had a picture of his dad. Natsuki's, I'm still not 100% what it was. It looked like a keychain. Keychain, yeah. Or something that was, I guess, like that she had when she had, a, you know, it was from a car that she survived in a crash. Uh, and then Sandra's was a coin from a boy. And she was purposely very vague about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It seemed like some kind of forbidden love thing, but she's not going to talk about it. She's like, five sisters, take it up with God. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Keeping it private. Um, she was not willing to share that yeah. much. I th- but I think, well, I think what we got was pretty good. I'm surprised she even, mm. you know, was willing to tell that much. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was all very emotional, especially mm-hmm. when they would, when the, the thumbprints and the, just you could see. Anya's emotional response and reaction in her face as she's just like feeling this love and support and care from everybody one after the other it was it was very emotional <laughs> I, first and second watch straight up yeah I was a mess you know when mm-hmm. once the ritual started and they started talking and then they went into the whole you know uh 
their uh, sacrifices as each of them were talking about it. I just, the, the each of them talking about their item and their sacrifice, uh, that got me. And then right into as they would each walk over to Anya and say something to her or leave the, the thumbprint on her forehead, that broke me. Because I'm like, look, just mm-hmm. that relationship between their friend, I'm going to get all emotional just talking about it again, was was just amazing you know, this devotion to their friend and then seeing the meaning that they had in each item that they were giving as a sacrifice for their friend. Oh yeah. It left me a freaking mess. Um, both Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. It's good stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, Alonka's bracelet, you know, you know, I've, I've made sure to touch it and hold it every single day since she died. And then she's giving that up or a mesh. I mean, like this is the favorite thing that I have and then giving it up, you know? And it's, powerful uh is so of course we got to take that beautiful emotional moment and then as the ritual continues on anya sees the shadow the living shadow growing up on the ceiling above her forms into arms reaching down at her and then that's the fucking cliffhanger that we get left with so thanks for nothing my plan again (laughs) um I swear, I think he's done it in nearly every series, but this one seems to be worse. This uh, one seems to be yeah. worse, the, these cliffhangers. Right. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I didn't understand the ritual fully. I know I was trying to kind of figure out how, I guess she got a lot of information from Shasta. Yeah, I think it was kind of off-screen Shasta, like, explaining everything to her, which is a whole other thing, where it's like, the fact she's like, I found these journals, and there's all this crazy stuff in it, and Shasta's like, nope, I know absolutely everything and more than what's in those journals, let me lay it all on you. And she it's like, went from not, that's not weird at all. Yeah, <laughs> not knowing anything about the Paragon, or at least, uh, maybe not not knowing anything, not sharing anything. She just kind of right. was like, oh, you know, I don't know anything about cults, but... And then now she's like, Paragon? That's baby stuff. Let me tell you about this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, she she definitely was like, oh, yeah, I've got a lot more information that, uh, you know, I didn't talk about before. <laughs> so, yeah, there must have been a, 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 a big information exchange in the woods there. And not only that, but she's mm-hmm. like, here, let me uh, give you some of my blood so you can have enough, you know, for the ritual. And I know that really kind of freaked everyone out. Like, what is that? And who? And who knows mm-hmm. about? Because I feel like they shouldn't be really telling people what they're doing, right? I mean, they right. <laughs> can't be. And yeah, she just says we needed five women. We needed five, but she doesn't say who it came from. Not on screen. We don't see. She's just like, oh, we just needed a fifth, and then she adds it, and everybody's like, okay, then, cool. Um, no further questions, I guess. Yeah. Let's just move like, on. Who's the fifth? What? <laughs> Who who knows what did you do? and uh, who is this and what does she know about what we're doing here and yeah that had to be a little <laughs> freaky for the rest of the group you know because obviously they need to keep what they're doing on the down low um, they certainly don't want to know that they're going down in the in the basement and doing these secret rituals for sure um, but yeah like Alaka said what are they gonna do kill us um, <laughs> so so yeah I don't know um, I yeah I thought that whole ritual was really interesting not quite what i thought was going to happen i well i don't know that i really had any expectations but was just like oh well i didn't know that that's what they were going to do um 
I wonder who do you think wrote in the robes don't on the floor before it started? Sandra. You think so? I do. Mainly just because it comes from, you know, when she does show up, when she comes down a little bit later than everybody else. Mm -hmm. I feel like she totally snuck down there earlier in the night, put the blankets up like for that, and then went back up. And then was that was going to be all she did. And then it was that nightmare that she had that I think convinced her to go back down. But you see, like, one of the first things she says when she goes back down, she's like, uh, was there anything weird when you guys got down here? <laughs> like, she's, like, tr- totally trying to play it off. And, like, Alonka, like, kind of thinks, like, she knows what she's talking about with the don't. She's like, nope, nothing at all. And you can see, like, oh, uh, weird. <laughs> like, wait, there wasn't? <laughs> okay. Like, but I, I, I feel like her asking that kind of right off the bat was, like, giving herself away a little bit that I think it was her that did it. Possibly. Well, she's braver than I can One imagine. last ditch effort to like try to to warn them off. Turn them in a different way. Yeah. Well, because maybe if she thought that some malevolent spirit or something was mm-hmm. reaching out to them to like warn them, like, don't do this, you know, then maybe they would listen to that, but not, you know, because they're not listening to Sandra herself. So maybe yeah. she thought if if I do this, they'll listen to some quote spirit um if they don't listen to me um so yeah yeah, maybe um i don't know i was curious about that i was like i feel like it's probably her but i don't know who who knows (laughs) how that got there well if she did she's a hell of a lot braver than i would ever be going down to that damn basement by myself (laughs) right um i don't i'd be scared to still even go down there with a group of friends much less by myself and that yeah freaking elevator why does no one have more concern about this elevator i just i i i need answers to that because i just i don't trust elevators uh mm-hmm. it i i'm always nervous on elevators um i mean i use them but well i have one in my building i use all the time and it makes me nervous uh all the time. <laughs> i've been stuck in my elevator so i mean it's <laughs> it's it's right. shut down on me before so that was not pleasant so that probably adds to my fear but yeah, I don't, I've got like a little mini Vader, mini Vader. That's the word I'll use for it. Yeah, this is smaller, you know, <laughs> one or two person ones like that that I have to use at work every day. Oh my so gosh, like those dumb waiter kind of things. <laughs> like it's like in a fit, like you know, well, it's, a, it's an elevator, but it's elevator, like in a home. So it's yeah, small. but it's in a home. So yeah, so it just kind of like yes, yeah, like the pulley Single system person, thing oh, kind of like. Oh my god, pain. Yeah. Oh shit. You hit a button and it's just like pretty slowly, but yeah. Oh my god. I do it every day. Oh my God. have you ever been stuck Has it ever like not work um yeah um only one because it's it's whenever i'm training new people at work which is a weird tangent but yeah uh, i always have to make sure i tell them i was like when you think it stopped don't open the door yet like don't open the little like uh you know the panel gate thing yeah yet, the panel yeah it's like don't give it like five more seconds like wait for it because it will like slow down and you think it stopped but it's going to be slowly moving to like level itself out and if you try to open it before it levels itself out it will lock the whole thing up and then the door won't open and it becomes a whole thing so yeah i have to warn people about that so i'm pretty good about that but uh riley the kid that i take care of because he's in a wheelchair he's fully dependent so that's why we use the elevator mm-hmm. in his home uh he likes to because it's pretty small. It just barely fits the two of us in there. And he likes to reach out and hit buttons on his own and stuff just for fun. Oh, no. Uh, and one time he hit the emergency switch on it and the alarm started going off and the doors all locked up. And I had to like 
undo the switch and stuff before I could get back out. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. This has never happened before. So that wasn't fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, kudos to you for handling that situation. <laughs> I don't think I could say the same. No, that's just, yeah. So uh, uh, that darn elevator and seeing how they don't have any way to call it back, you know, if it, because they're like, yeah, that's what is weird is there's no button from in that sub basement to bring it down. Yeah. So like if it, if it's up, if there's not anyone up there to come back down or to get you, you just don't like you're stuck. Yeah. Down in now from what I understand, I mean, if it's anything like the one at work that I'm used to, if the panel is open or the door is open, if you hit a button or anything, it won't go up or down. It's locked in place unless everything is shut and it works correctly. But we already saw earlier this season that like the panel and the gate was open with Kevin standing in it and it started going back up. So like the thing malfunctions. So exactly. It's scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're not talking enough about the elevator or, and I mean specifically they're in the show, not talking enough about it. Like y'all are just, Putting way too much confidence in this thing, right. I feel. I I would not be comfortable with that at all. And that kind of leads me to Sandra. You know, I, I know you mentioned that you, you know, kind of had a note about about her. And and I mean, I do too. It's it's super short. I'm not really sure w- mm-hmm. what to think, but I'm wondering if instead of participating because i'm not sure what i think about her because she said she's like well i'm not going to participate and if i do it's going to be on my own terms and then it looked like to me like she full-on participated like she, yeah <laughs> i'm like that's kind of <laughs> i'm like that's kind of my note too it's it's a short one that's kind of a last point with me but yeah it's the same where i was like it makes perfect sense that she says uh hell to the no to the blood ritual because yeah. it's very in character for absolutely. her absolutely and i don't blame her uh it's like, no, that makes sense. Somebody as religious as she is who believes in a lot of the spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and the, you know, you don't mess with things that are, you know, after your soul. And, you know, when she says to Spence, like, you're not kicking the devil in the teeth, you're kicking God because you're dealing with false gods and false idols and paganism. From her religious viewpoint, like, I'm not going to hold that against her. I'm like, no, she has every right to, like, yeah. I understand where she's Absolutely. coming from and her beliefs are going to tell her, like, we don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, Nats- Natsuki going to her to convince her, like, well, at least just be there. For-. She's like, you don't even have to do anything. Just show up. You don't have to believe in any of it. Just be supportive. And so then I was very surprised, one, that that worked on her at all. But then to the point that she's even sacrificing an item and drawing her own blood and doing where she does like the whole thing. And I was like, it's very strange that she just as adamant as she was like i'm having no part of this to like going full 180 and being like fully partaking in the rituals like that's it's a little weird to me yeah yeah i i didn't understand that at all because i'm like well you're not just sitting back and either observing or just being there to support anya you're you're partaking in the ritual itself you're actually doing the things you brought something to sacrifice you now, she didn't go into a lot of detail like everyone else did, but she did bring something. Mm-hmm. She said what it was and she threw it in the fire, slit her hand, and did the whole thing. So I'm like, well, I don't understand how that's on your own terms. It sounds like you were full on participating. Right. So mm-hmm. I was really confused about that because she she has very much, she doesn't seem like a flip-flopper to me 
as far as her faith and what she believes in. And even though I don't agree and believe in the same things that she does, you know, I, I don't judge her for her beliefs. You know, she, right. you know, so I wouldn't expect her to, to do any different. Yeah. I would expect her to hold strong to her convictions and be like, no, that makes sense. You shouldn't be forced to partake in this if that's how you feel about right. it. Right. And I thought, and my reason for bringing up the elevator and thinking about Sandra was like, why couldn't she have like just stayed on the elevator? And that way, if it had malfunctioned and she could have been there to like bring it back down or whatever, instead of, yeah. you know, cause that's, you know, there is that concern that it could just, if they're all down there and the elevator somehow malfunctions again, like it did with Kevin and it just goes up, who's going to, like get them who's going to bring that elevator back because they don't have any way to recall it I have. in the basement so why didn't she just stay she could have stayed back in the elevator she's like i'm just gonna be here i'm gonna watch and i'll watch to make sure that we're not interrupted or you know no one's coming or something like that but instead she full-on participated so i was really confused by that considering how strong she mm-hmm. is in her convictions and in her beliefs so i don't know right and i am kind of concerned that that's going to happen in this season is that elevator is going to leave somebody stranded at least because it's already been teased a couple times. It's been times. teased and we've seen it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Chekhov's elevator at this point, right? It's right. something, something's going to happen. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I was taken aback by that. Wasn't thinking that she was going to full on participate, you know, participate like she did. Um, and I don't know, maybe I was slightly disappointed that she did. Yeah. You know, I kind of was too. Like, I was like, I don't often have complaints about a Mike Flanagan show, but like with this episode, it is something I, I guess I could file under a complaint is being like, man, Sandra flipped really fast. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get more. Maybe they'll talk about that in the next episode. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I kind of felt bad that they. I mean, I feel like Natsuki was coming from a good place because she she wasn't necessarily pressuring her to like do the ritual, but she's like, just be there and you can just be there and support. You don't have to do the things, you know, and you don't have to believe in it, but you could just be there for Anya. So, but I was like, I don't know. I feel bad that they were like pressuring her. You know, it's like they, you don't want to be pressured to hear from her when she's, you know, when, when people are feeling like, she's pushing her beliefs on them they really shouldn't be doing that to her either um you shouldn't force anyone or coerce anyone into doing those things if they don't want to do it if they're not comfortable doing it then just say okay you know that's fine and leave it at that but then she did and i was really surprised and yeah kind of disappointed even though i don't believe what she believes and you know and i'm not saying i believe in what they were doing with the ritual either but it's like she just seemed so stronger in her convictions. And I was just right. Like she even says to Natsuki, she's like, I can't just turn my faith on and off and like put it, take it off and put it back on. But it kind of seems like that's exactly what she did. Yeah. So I was like, well, I hope, I, don't know. I hope they address it. Yeah. In uh in the next episode. Cause I'm, I'm just kind of curious um, how they got there, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, I at least had an idea of why she changed her mind to go down mm-hmm. there and be part of it. Because she has this nightmare where she, you know, is down there and Alonka's there, but then uh, Alonka, you know, she can't hear her. There's no sound. And then, God, that was creepy. These, like, robed figures, like, yeah, 
coming, you know, coming up off the ground and just like contorting in weird Mm-mm. ways. It was real creepy. Uh, but yeah, I, so I thought, well, maybe she's going to take that because, you know, she wakes up like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, you know, uh, but she's very, I can see like, oh, she could see that as a sign of like, I need to be there as like the spiritual warrior and help save my friends if things go yeah, wrong. Yeah, I thought maybe that's I why could see she'd that. show up too. Yeah. But then that still just adds more to the confusion of why then she joined in the ritual because it seems like that would be even more reason for her to go like, uh, that's a sign that this is going to be bad and I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they'll address it and we'll get a little bit of an mm-hmm. answer or something because, yeah, I was really confused as to why she, she, because she said clearly, I'm going to, you know, she's going to be on my own terms. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you're just either going to be there or you're only going to partially participate. But no, she she did all the things. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, okay. Do you have any other notes or points that you want to talk about? Uh, no other points, really. Just notes. Mm-hmm. What you got? Uh, really just one. Just Shasta. I haven't really talked about her too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shady Shasta in the woods. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. Man. Julia say, I'd be fully shocked, <laughs> right? It's like, I'd be fully shocked at this point if she's not Julia, right? Uh, Me too. Like, she has this very dismissive attitude about Stanton. Like, she doesn't hate her, but also she doesn't like her or her approach much either. Like, we can clearly see that. Um, and then we talked about, you know, Alanka's going, explaining, like, the journals of Julia and Athena. And that's while she's going through that, it gets revealed that she has that hourglass tattoo on her wrist. And she's very aware of all the things already. She knows the ritual Alanka needs to do. But then she even says as much as like the symbol that that hourglass symbol predates the Paragon. So it's like, oh, she knows a lot, a lot. So it's like, well, if she's not Julia, then she's somebody much older somehow. So either way, like, right. Something's going on. She's connected. Uh, And then I can't just, can't help myself uh yeah she goes on this spiel about her you know natural remedies and the, uh, you know all these things which i was like she makes a compelling argument uh yeah uh there's numerous holes in that logic uh that's neither here nor there uh it's a fictional tv show <laughs> enjoy it but it's a great understanding i, le- I enjoyed it because it's a great show of who she is and i can respect that uh but yeah <laughs> just to make people know because it's like it feels like this weird thing i keep skirting around every week when these things come up I'm like natural remedies could be great not in place of actual medicine for many things but their own <laughs> but uh their own uses can absolutely be uh beneficial i won't dispute that it's it's a soapbox debate that i'm not going to be dragging out under this podcast not fully at least maybe a tiny bit i'll put like a one foot on it briefly and then hop just back a down little toe a couple little toes yeah. and <laughs> yeah if your toe in that water just for a second and back out right (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, you got stress you got a headache you got this essential oils and and things like great awesome do that you have cancer no (laughs) seek actual medical help please Um. (laughs) you know i i i'm i'm with you look i do Uh. seek sometimes a more natural kind of remedy because i mm-hmm. i feel oftentimes and this is just me personally speaking everyone do 
what is best for you. Right. Yeah, don't tell me. Yeah, don't let me tell you how to live your no. life because that's telling you what. <laughs> this is an entertainment podcast. Don't listen to yeah, me when it comes to not, important things in your life, please. I'm not. A, I'm not uh, uh, obviously a doctor. Uh, or anything like that. I have zero credentials or certifications <laughs> or anything like that. I just do what is best for me. So let me just put that out there as a disclaimer. Do do you do you um, is what I say, and I support that. I support your freedoms to do that. Um, but I, you know, I don't like a lot of the adverse side effects in some medicines. Like I can't take right. some cold medicines, uh, pseudoephedrine that's in. Um, some cold medicines I have a reaction to, and I actually feel worse taking mm-hmm. it than I do like suffering with my cold symptoms. So I right. I can't take a lot of cold. There's like one I think brand out there that I can take that doesn't react that way. But you know I, I often don't like some of the side effects from some like cold medicines and things um, just because of how I react to them. So sometimes I will seek out like a more natural kind of way. I will still take ibuprofen. I will take some. Benadryl or um, some sort sort of allergy medicine for some of my other symptoms, but there's some things I just feel worse taking. So to avoid that, I've sought out more natural remedy. Um, there's a, some light natural things that I will Absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah. But look, I'm all about the medicine. I believe in medicine and I believe in science. So right. I That's, yeah, <laughs> fully support. Like, there's, you know? there's like extremes of stuff. It's like, yeah. <laughs> are you dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety? Then yeah, diffuse some lavender. That's gonna calm you down because yeah. that's what a good smell does is calm you Absolutely. down. And it like brings you to a mind like peace of mind. Absolutely, that's great. You have chronic depression, maybe find some medication that works Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. There's know? a there's a line <laughs> there. But for some milder things, you know, before modern medicine was ever a thing, there were remedies. Mm-hmm. There were things that Yeah. That's where like what Shasta exactly. say this episode where I'm like, Yeah, no, that makes sense is like don't because you can definitely over medicate people on things where Absolutely. it's not necessary. He's like, you can overdo it 100%. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that's, that's kind of <laughs> where I'm at. I'm, I feel like, you know, for, for serious things, in my opinion, you know, that's, that's the route you should take. But for me personally, if it's a lighter thing, if I'm fighting a cold or, you know, got some sinus issues going on, I try to look at, you know, because usually the, the over the counter stuff usually kind of just makes me feel worse. So yeah. I try to alleviate it in other ways or times just I don't do anything at all. I just kind of suffer through yeah. it. <laughs> and medical <laughs> medical dependency can become a real problem for people too. Addiction to Absolutely. narcotics and things like that. So I mean yeah, there's 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 a line. Again, I didn't expect to really go into this. this I know, week, but you well, know, I, it's, but with a show like me. this, I mean, it keeps yeah, I, it keeps pulling this like in, and I like to be a little snarky sometimes, but also let people know that like I'm not going to be fully judgmental and like talk trash about you too much if you're like a natural remedy person. Just I like, hey, I'm like a you know entertainment, hopefully entertaining. Maybe you hate <laughs> me, I don't know. No, but you know, I am a personality on your podcast player that you're listening to and absolutely i'm gonna throw my own thoughts and like real life into (laughs) more than just being a personality in your headphones i'm i'm me i'm a real person and i have my thoughts and opinions on things and you can listen to them or you can go shut the fuck up (laughs) nobody cares it's either way (laughs) i mean it's I'm here talking, so I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> well, we we when we're talking about these shows, mm. and I'm I'm I'll promise I'll shut mm. up here in just a second. <laughs> but I just want to make this final point. You know, when we're talking about these shows, obviously our own perspectives, you know, are going to like trickle into what we're talking about. Yeah. And 
So that's just going to come across again. I don't, I don't care what other people do. I, I do what's best for me and, you know, like my family and try to make the best decisions. And what other people do is totally fine with me. You got to do what works for you or what you feel <laughs> is best. But um, this, that's just where I come from. Right. You know, if you want my opinion on something, it's pretty. You'll it, it'll be pretty easy to get it from me, and I will probably give it to you in like doses like this, unsolicited. But yeah, but yeah, don't listen to me to tell you how you should live your life. That's yeah, figure that out on your yeah, own. Yeah, definitely. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. I am no expert. <laughs> don't listen to me. Like I said, uh, I've I just yeah. I just do what I try to do to make myself feel better. Talking about it because it obviously is coming up in the show and. You know, like I said, our opinions are going to, I feel like what we believe is going to trickle into this. And this does come up in, in this, especially this part with Shasta's little monologue that, that she has, you know, um, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, I, I think there's some merit in what she's saying, you know. Um, but again, when you're dealing with these types of illnesses that these kids are facing, you know, it's like. I don't know that that's the, mm-hmm. you know, right way to go. Um, right. As far as like, there's a balance. yeah, there's a balance. So I don't know. I do still find her a very interesting character though. It's like, oh, yeah, she just sure. appears out of nowhere. Like <laughs> what kind of shoes is she wearing that she, you know, she's like not crunching <laughs> any uh, sticks or leaves or anything on the forest floor. Like, I don't know <laughs> how she just appears. Um, and, and, I do still feel like she's Julia, but also based on the story that we heard of before, could she be someone else? I don't know. I'm just really interested in her. I'm I, I'm curious about the tattoo that she had and what she knows. Like, oh, yep, this predates the Paragon. They just totally went the wrong way with things. They didn't know what they were doing, you know, um, like they were mm-hmm. amateurs or something. So I am really intrigued by her character um yeah so i don't know hopefully we get more yeah um i totally derailed that whole conversation so (laughs) do you have any other notes Uh, that's no that's all the notes i had (laughs) that's it (laughs) i said i didn't have like a ton of like extra notes this week it was kind of very streamlined Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah there's these like few things i want to talk about but it's like not a lot more extra to this one. Yeah, and I feel like that's how a lot of the episodes have been flowing. It's it's been a little bit of a mm-hmm. challenge to really kind of pull specific things because it it's very streamlined and and flows um very well. Um I don't think I have anything else either, but I I do want to let everyone know because I don't have any news um as usual because it's I don't want to get spoiled, but I I did discover like I follow Mike Flanagan on social media platforms, so I want to make sure I share this with the entire world because I shared it with Pake as well, and you may have already known before I shared it with you um, the other day. But I I've, I follow him on other platforms. He's a joy to follow on, on Twitter, and he's active and such, and yes. on Instagram. But recently, he created a TikTok, and unfortunately, I have fallen into a rabbit hole with TikTok um, some days, and I happen to just be scrolling through and. Mike Flanagan was all of a sudden there on my um, FYP page, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is this?" And I was like, "Oh my god, he's got a he's he's got an account, and he's 
he's out there, he's creating things and it's been fabulous. And um, he had a video the other day, I won't go into any detail or anything like that because I could just go on and on, but I, I just laughed so hard. I shared it with Paik. Um, it was really uh, funny. Cracked me up. So oh my god! <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. Uh, he's he's definitely talking to the fans. So you know, if you if you're interested, go seek out. If you're on TikTok, go seek out uh, Mike Flanagan's TikTok account. It's really great. Um, makes me smile and brings me joy. Just wanted to kind of share that with everyone. If you already follow him on other platforms, he is there as well, and um, he's definitely catching the hang of it. You know, as far as. Um, that particular platform yeah it's great he's a very sure. funny guy so yeah that was hilarious <laughs> yeah I, I i saw that I even, and i thought immediately pake yeah. i was like i have to i was like you may already know you may already have seen it but just in case i was not aware of it so i'm glad that you sent it to me because watching that was amazing at that time i needed that <laughs> i was like this is great. It, it brought me a ton of joy and again as soon as i i, I just laughed my ass off and immediately i was like i'm sending this to peg because it's something we <laughs> touch on every single time uh when we talk about a mike flanagan show in nearly every episode so it was really funny to see him kind of a address address it so go go check it out i think we've teased it enough that i hope it's piqued someone's curiosity and y'all go check it out right um uh, i think he's he doesn't have so many that you can't scroll through and find, I think, what we're talking about. Uh, well, let's get to our listener feedback. We got a couple of listeners that wrote in this week. Um, I'll take this first one. Let's swap, switch right. it up a little. I'll take this first one uh, from Dawn Elizabeth. She says, I missed commenting on episode five. Uh, I was so happy to see Raul Coley. Oh, me too. Um, yes. <laughs> I had first seen him in iZombie and loved seeing him in Flanagan's work. I enjoyed the beach party and the death pie story. What is the tie between Kevin and that old creepy woman? I really want to find out uh, what Kevin is really about. I like him, but just don't trust that he's a good guy as we're all being led to think. Now on to episode six. The beginning threw me off. Uh, it took me a minute to realize it was a continuation of Kevin's story. Again, with Kevin. I think that each ghost story the kids tell is actually tied to their real lives, as we've seen with Anya. I'm so glad that Anya is still with us, but I'm afraid we could lose her. Doing that ritual, and especially each of them giving up something they really value, is pretty powerful stuff. I love how they all care that much for Anya. It is really hard not to dive into the next episode. Right. I know. <laughs> and I don't know what the tie-in between Kevin and that old creepy woman is. I don't... <sighs> You think there's like a pos- not my boy, not my perfect angel. He would never do anything. Well, maybe like Kevin <laughs> himself is good, but do you think there could be a uh, possession or something? Yeah, I, man, I don't know. I don't know still have no clue where this is going, but I'm curious. Yeah, me too. It means something. It has to mean something. I agree. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any answers for you, Don. I'm sorry, but maybe keep uh. watching. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, this next one comes from Emily Rouse. It says, I'm so bad at getting my feedback in, so I have a few random notes just up to this point. First, a PSA. If a group of people go down into a creepy sub-basement, do not all get out at once. Leave one person to man the elevator in case it leaves without mm-hmm. you. <laughs> uh, what Cherie did for Alanka was so amazing. I'm glad you brought up that everyone thinks she's a liar because I've been thinking about it. Have we heard her say contradictory statements about her life? But do the others just not believe she has famous parents? I was immediately sucked into this show from the beginning, but I have to agree with one of the listeners about Shasta. She's so weird and often takes me out of the moment. Not to mention, she unnerves me more every time she's on screen. 
We never get to meet the others in her commune, and she seems unhinged to me. Giving her blood to a ritual of someone she doesn't know? Too weird. She's definitely a silver tongue leading Alonka astray. And speaking of the ritual, so many thoughts, but mostly just super bad idea. Lastly, Amesha's story from the last episode is my favorite so far. And we got Raul Coley, so bonus points. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about... Now, I'm not saying that I necessarily believe Shasta has good intentions. But I do like her character. I do love Samantha Sloyan. I think she's great. Yeah. And I think she's done a good job. Thanks, Emily. That was great feedback. And yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad to see Rahul Coley's getting getting some love. We just need more of him. All right, we got an email this week from Sarah. She says, uh, Hey, Raymond and Paik. So usually I'm the listener who only emails at the finale episodes because I tend to binge rather than follow the pod week by week. Sorry. But this time around, I was actually super behind in starting the show. I started last week, so it was nice having that backlog of podcasts to listen to as I was alternating between the show and the corresponding podcast episode. So now I'm caught up with you guys and will power through and keep going weekly. It was hard. (laughs) Well, first off, (laughs) before I continue, thank you. yeah, sticking with that. us. Um, so her thoughts on episode six. She says, "Is Anya dead? I sure hope not. But looks like the weird culty antics backfired, and death came for her anyway." Alonka's story so clearly had some symbolism and parallels to the real events. The fact that Kevin's character was supposed to die, but due to Alonka intervening, Anya died instead. So does that mean that Alonka doing the ritual, aka intervening with her fate? has actually put her in more harm. Another reason I'm leaning more on this theory. A couple of episodes ago, we saw that interesting shot where Kevin's face was circled by the statue, and at the time, we're wondering what it meant. Well, you must have noticed this episode that while they're in the basement, we see that Anya's face is circled. Oh, was it? Hmm. Oh, shit. Um, Sorry, she goes on. So does that mean that originally Kevin was supposed to be the next to die and now Anya took his place? Either way, I'm definitely on the boat that Alonka should not have messed with the culty stuff. Next episode is titled Anya, which worries me. I guess we have yet to see if she's actually dead or not. But if she is, I would really like to see a point of view where we see what Anya sees after her death and her journey to contact the others from the other side. In terms of Kevin's part two of the story, is it just me or does that make him seem more sketchy in real life? As I'm sure the writers know that us, the viewers, are making all these connections between each story and the storyteller. So leaving Kevin's story unfinished means they don't want us to connect any dots about him just yet, meaning a bigger reveal about him will come in later episodes. Last thing I wanted to point out, was anyone else weirded out by Alonka and Shasta's interaction? It seemed very obvious very quickly from Shasta's reaction that she's someone who was involved with all this stuff in the past. It's like someone flipped and she wasn't even trying to be mysterious anymore, mentioning the journal and the five sisters and all that. But how was Alonka so unfazed by that? I would have expected her to question it further, like, wait, are you Julia Jane or did you perform the ritual back in the day? But she just said nothing and her reaction was weird. And also later on when she adds Shasta's blood and the others ask, whose is that? And she doesn't really give an answer. They're like, oh, okay, and moved on. (laughs) I felt like that was something they should have pressed on, like, Alonka, whose blood did you randomly have with you? (laughs) And why don't we know them? (laughs) Right. Uh Uh-huh. 
Um, anyway, I guess we'll see you in the next episode. I have to say I'm quite enjoying living the suspense with you guys and discussing all these theories, and it's making it much easier to resist watching further episodes. Till next time, Sarah. That was great, Sarah. Awesome. Yeah. Like a, a lot of good thoughts. Yeah, you know, I wonder, going back to what she was talking about with, you know, Shasta and her reaction, and, like, she wasn't even trying to be mysterious anymore, and then Alonka not even questioning her, like, oh, she's just like, okay, yeah, I'm in. I think it's because she, she's hearing what she wants to hear. Alonka's been s- right. searching for these answers. She's been obsessed, I think, since day one, and I think she's not far enough away or detached enough to question it like maybe the others would you know like she's so in it this is what she's been looking for she thinks this is going to i think it's she thinks it's going to save her not just anya and that's that's why but yeah it was interesting like everyone else i don't know if it's just because they're in the middle of the ritual and they wanted to finish it and when they questioned about who else's blood that was you know they're just like uh, and so they're like, oh, we'll we'll ask after or something. <laughs> she has just like, <laughs> oh, it's not weird at all that she just shows up with some someone else's blood, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was all great thoughts. Thank you, Sarah, uh, Don, and Emily for your feedback. Um, happy that you reached yeah. out. Well, next week, um, I think we're going to be covering next week's episode a little early, just for our listeners out there. I think we're going to be like a day early um, due to um, travels and things that we have going on. So I think we're going to probably change things up a little bit, but we'll be sure to try and let you all know when we're recording so you can try and get that feedback in. Um, But next week, we will be covering episode seven of the Midnight Club titled Anya. Don't like that. And again, I don't think that one's a story title. I feel like we've broken the mold with that. Maybe. maybe. I don't I don't know. And it does worry me. Uh <laughs> light spoiler without spoilers, but uh, you know, you mentioned that TikTok. I did pick up on something in that one that you sent me. Um because <laughs> kind of the the light thing because it's it's Mike Flanagan joking about like collecting the tears of people crying from certain episodes of mm-hmm. his shows. And the first one he talks about is Midnight Club episode seven. And so (laughs) we're in for a ride. I don't know. He didn't give any spoilers, which is good, but no, just it's going to be an emotional one. Yeah. He revealed (laughs) uh, collecting the tears Mm. from episode seven of Midnight Club. And I was like, ooh, it's not, doesn't give any context around it, but clearly going to be an emotional episode. I thought this one was an emotional episode, though, too. Right. So I, I shed a lot of tears in this one so i thought well but yeah he he definitely kind of prepared me i guess for that that's okay though i think the hardest emotional episodes for me so far have been the first one just setting everything up with alonka Mm -hmm. got me pretty hard and then i think uh the other one was like spence's episode where uh sandra told her story just kind of their connection at the end was like super emotional yeah, for me i cried uh, i think those two are the hardest for me <laughs> agreed that one got me too got me pretty hard i love i love seeing their relationships you know they they mm-hmm. they fight they argue they don't get along it took alanka and anya a ways to get where they are but in the end they came together and you see these beautiful friendships that they all share and uh yeah that gets me yeah 
All right. Well, if you would like to write in or leave us a message here, you can find all of our contact information over on podcastica.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. There's And you can go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say there's a lot going on. So something yeah. for everyone. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, you can go there and find Strange Indeed and all the other shows and leave us reviews, subscribe, download, all the things you can do. There's links to everything. And give some podcastica love to us and all of our, our friends. Yeah, go show all of our friends some love. Um, everyone deserves it. Everyone works really hard. and uh, Especially Apple Podcasts is a good place to do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh, those numbers. <laughs> absolutely. Speaking of great podcasts, make sure you check out Pake and Daphne at Run For Your Lives. I know you guys are on a bit of a break right now. So I don't know if you have anything, yeah. if you want to tease some past content or if you have something that you'd like to share this week. Uh. Yeah, um, I don't know if I could tease uh, what you know specific content. Go listen to the backlog. We got you know look through what we've got, and there's all kinds of movies, all kinds of genres. So there's been a lot of stuff. But I'm just gonna give a big shout out to Daphne yeah. this week, honestly. Uh, without getting into too many you know personal things, whatever. But you know, she's been giving us kind of that book talk moment, and we didn't have that this mm-hmm. week. Uh, she did have without going too into detail, but she had a procedure done, and she's good. She's fine. She's recovering. But yeah, she's had kind of a rough week. Uh, so. Just give her all of your love. We definitely do. Give her so much love from Strange love Indeed you, and Podcastica. All been reaching out to her. So I'm you know, I know she'll probably be listening to this as part of her recovery, just sitting back listening to some podcasts. So just know we love you, Daphne. We've been thinking about you and we're glad that you are back up and on the road to recovery, getting back to it full hundred percent yourself. So yeah, so uh go back and check yeah, any of our Run for Your Lives backlog. We've covered so many great things. Maybe the ritual. That's an early, that's like our episode, like six or something like that. Maybe I don't remember. It's, it's like way back, but I've just been thinking about that movie recently. (laughs) It's real creepy. So maybe check that out. That is a great one. (laughs) Yeah. You guys got some great stuff out there and yeah. Thanks for sharing that. We love you, Daphne and uh, Mm -hmm. feel better. Yes. All right. For now, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And Annette Allen Twiggs is strange indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 